everyone. Welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, a new episode will come out every weekend and we'll have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. So today's episode, we've got Hamilton. We're talking about uh, the show that slash movie that came out on Disney Plus on July 3rd. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about a couple different things about the show. Number one, we'll give a brief synopsis and um, there's a couple key uh, points also to the show, uh, in my opinion. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll go through some historical inaccuracies um, which are some facts about the show. We'll go through what I like about the show. Then we're going to end it with a little bit of a um, talk about the show and why I think, in my personal opinion, the show is important to us as a country. So just a little bit of warning. This will get somewhat political near to near the end, but this is the only time I'm going to do it. Um, but let's get right on into things. Okay, so I'm going to start by reading the synopsis from IMDb here and then kind of uh, discuss a little bit more about the show. Um, so the synopsis we have here, Hamilton is the story of America Then, told by America Now, featuring a score that blends hip-hop, jazz, R&B, and show tunes. Hamilton has taken the story of American founding father Alexander Hamilton and created a revolutionary moment in theater. A musical that has a that has had a profound impact on culture, politics, and education. Captured at the Richard Rogers Theater on Broadway in June 2016, the film transports its audience into the world of the Broadway show in a uniquely intimate way. Um, so that's a synopsis. Now, a lot of other there's. You know, there's other parts to this, but I think the biggest thing here is go is noting that uh, a couple parts of the show before I get into um, really get into more about it. Well, it's split, number one is split into two acts. Um, number two, um, the one thing I would have to say about this is keep in mind it is a historical show. Um, it's about history, but there will be things that that are omitted that. We'll go over a little bit later. But what I want to discuss right now is the songs that are in it. I'm not going to say the songs that I like, but I'll discuss kind of kind of quickly, briefly discuss each song as we go um, there. So Act 1 starts with the song Alexander Hamilton, and it's pretty much, a, uh, it's pretty much the um, prelude to what's going to happen. It's discussing what has happened to Hamilton before coming to America, um, and everybody, all the key... Um, players within the within the show, all actors that are key, will um, appear in that song. Aaron Burser is really the first time a lot of the characters meet. Act one, you have Aaron Burr actually meet Hamilton, along with guys like Marquis de Lafayette, John Lawrence, and Hercules Mulligan. My shot is easily known as the uh, theme song and probably theme of this show. Um, you, if you've seen it, if you've heard of it, this, this song pops up a lot along with others. Um, and I'll discuss that a little bit later too, but this is pretty much 
bringing up the ideology or how Alexander uh, Hamilton thinks throughout the rest of the show. Uh, the story tonight is pretty much just a celebrate uh, the four guys of Hamilton, Lawrence, Mulligan, and Lafayette, all really kind of toasting to the revolution in which all of them will be fighting. The, uh, the next song after that is the Schuyler Sisters, which then introduce, introduces the Schuyler Sisters of uh, Angelica, Peggy, and Eliza Schuyler, who two of them will be prominent throughout the show. Farmer refuted, uh, just kind of, again, showing what Hamilton's kind of like, debating with somebody who's just reading about what Congress has said. You'll be back as the first introduction of King George. Um, he's more of a comedic figure. Um, in, in this show um, and then you got right hand man and and in this one you're introduced to George Washington and kind of what Hamilton has done at that point in, in the Revolutionary War A Winter's Ball probably one of the f- probably the funniest song that will actually happen in, throughout the whole show because it's really describing the similarities between the one similarity between Burr and Hamilton, and it's they're essentially they're saying they're reliable with the ladies. Helpless is when uh, Eliza falls in love with Hamilton, and they end up getting married. Satisfied ends up being uh, Angelica's probably biggest song throughout this whole thing. Um, and it's her saying that she also loves Hamilton, but she can't do that. Uh, and we'll, we'll discuss why a little bit later, but, um, the, a little bit more of a backstory into, um, Angelica's mindset towards Hamilton. Uh, the story tonight reprises essentially after Hamilton's and Eliza's wedding and pretty much Lawrence Lafayette Hamilton and Mulligan all drunk and Burr comes in eventually and then that will lead into Burr's probably one of Burr's biggest number in act one which is wait for it which discusses his idol his ideologies and how he will act stay alive um introduces uh, well is the place where you know Hamilton's starting to kind of you know get a little eager with Washington and it's trying to get a command. Washington ends up sending him home. Oh, we'll, we'll eventually send him home and meet me inside, which I'll go to a little bit later. Uh, Ten Dual Commandments is right before Meet Me Inside, which discusses the Ten Commandments of uh, dueling back in the time. Um, and that is a duel between John Lawrence and uh, Charles Lee, which is mentioned in Stay Alive. Meet Me Inside, again... Uh, Hamilton eagerly is trying to get uh, the command of a battalion, but he's being a little too arrogant and a little too snarky with Washington, sends him home. That would be enough, is Eliza telling Hamilton she is pregnant, that, and then that would lead to Guns and Ships, which is Lafayette's greatest song in this whole, whole, whole show. Um, and... Uh, it's pretty much him saying we need to get Hamilton back. History has its eyes on you is Washington mentoring Hamilton saying, I'm going to give you this command, but just keep in mind, history is always looking out. Yorktown is obviously about the Battle of Yorktown. Um, 
what comes next is King George's second out of three songs um, discussing, you know, the effects of the war for England. Um, Dear Theodosia is a kind of a bridge song saying we've formed our new nation and Burt and Hamilton are singing about their new kids. In this case, um, saying we'll look out for you. And then that will lead into nonstop, which is a great, like I said a little bit earlier, a great change. Uh, well, this is actually a great transition into Act 2 because this goes from more of a war-heavy-sided Act 1 and leads into more of a governmental-sided Act uh, Act 1. War-heavy Act 1 and will lead to a government-heavy Act 2. Um, Act 2 ha- is starts out with what I miss, which is Jefferson's introduction song, and you also meet uh, James Madison from that. Cabinet Battle 1 is will show kind of the will the major differences, political differences between Hamilton, Jefferson, and Madison. Um, Take a break is a song that is pretty much telling Hamilton, hey, you need to slow down. Um, and let alone he doesn't say no to this, is the start is a song that shows us that he is having an affair that Hamilton has an affair with Mariah Reynolds while Eliza is um, with her father, um, up, I believe, at a lake. The room where it happens to me is one of the key points in Act 2, which is where Aaron Burr is saying, this is what happened where the, the capital moves from New York to D.C. And it's Burr, this is Burr's song where he's saying, I need to change my ideologies. Scholar Defeat is pretty much saying, hey, Burr defeated um, Eliza's dad to get into Congress. Cabinet Battle 2, again, another way of seeing the dissension between Jefferson and Hamilton. Um, Washington on Your Side is a song pretty much saying, uh, with Burr, Jefferson, Madison saying, we don't like how um, Hamilton has Washington right in his pocket. Um, so in that song, Jefferson resigns. One last time, Washington resigns. And um, is telling Alex, you know, Alexander Hamilton, we need to teach people how to say goodbye. Uh, I Know Him, which is the final song from the king in this show, is pretty much saying, Washington's gone, what are we doing? Oh, John Adams is now president. They gloss over the Adams administration, they gloss over the John Adams presidency and the Adams administration, which is pretty much saying, John Adams is now president. What are we going to do? And Hamilton trashes him, which puts him into a uh, pretty deep hole. We know is when Jefferson, um, Madison, and Burr approach Hamilton saying, we we know about um, the money that you gave James Reynolds from saying no to this. And he, or we know about the money that you shifted at that time. And he tells him about the affair. Hurricane is pretty much Hamilton saying, this is what I've done my whole life to um, get out of a situation, so now I can get myself out of another hurricane. And then Reynolds' pamphlet comes up. This is what he writes, you know, saying what the um, af- about his affair with Mariah Reynolds. Byrne is Eliza saying, yeah, pretty much saying him, telling him to F off. You know, I, I don't like what you did, so F off. Blow Us All Away is where... Philip Hamilton, which is Alexander's son, 
um, is now going to is now yeah nineteen, and he's looking for George Eaker, who trashed on his dad. Goes into a duel with him. Um, Stay alive is the effects of that duel to where Philip passes away. And then It's Quiet Uptown, one of the most depressing songs in this show, is um, pretty much saying how Eliza and Hamilton, or more Alexander Hamilton, are dealing with this and Alexander trying to get some uh, forgiveness from Eliza. Election of 1800 gets back to the politics. Jefferson and Burr are running head-to-head. Jefferson wins the... um, Wins the election after Hamilton endorses him. Your obedient servant is Aaron Burr, pretty much begging Hamilton to duel best of wives and best of women. The shortest song for sure in this show, I'm just pretty much saying, is is Hamilton saying to Eliza, hey, I love you, I'll be back soon, as he's getting ready to go to his duel with Burr. Ward was wide enough as the... Duel itself and then Burr's thoughts after. And then Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story is pretty much saying Eliza is still alive and she's telling our story while these other people who are alive are telling Alexander Hamilton's story as well. Um, and those are all the songs. Um, and I try to do it as quickly as possible. But now one thing I want to do is get into those interesting uh, historical inaccuracies from the show. Okay, so obviously before we get into the historicals, historical inaccuracies, with the time constraint that they were on with this just under, th- the show's just under three hours, um, they can't fit everything in and they were, there's points to the story where you can't really throw in extra smaller characters, so um, that's just something that I want to throw out right now. But let's get right on into things. Um, let's see. Um The uh, one of the first ones that I want to take note of, and to me these are the most interesting ones, is in the song "Satisfied," right after "Helpless." Angelica within the song says, "Her father has no sons, so she's the one that has to marry rich." Um, which, believe it or not, um, there's a book out there talking about the show, has lyrics to the songs, and um, has side notes on it. And in this particular book in this particular song, that particular lyric, Lin-Manuel Miranda puts like a side note on it and says, at the time of writing this, um, he completely forgot that Philip Schuyler had sons and it just kind of worked. And he said, but with me not knowing that, it kind of works better with within the story, and to me, absolutely does. And it's one of the, it, it does change the um, I think the aftermath of that song because, or even changes that song in general because there she easily could have said, if that's the case, I can have a piece of Hamilton, if you know what I mean. But that one being probably. To me, the most interesting one that he just kind of forgot about that. Um, the next one that I thought was really interesting actually comes from Blow Us All Away, the one where F- Philip Hamilton and George Eaker uh, were in a duel. And in the song, from 
you know, they pick up the the, the thing from Ten Dual Commandments where they count the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right? So in the show, they have Eker shoot at seven, but in all reality, um, Eker did not fire early, and Philip and Eker actually stood with their guns for about a solid minute before any shots were fired. Um, but it does, I think, have a little bit more of an, obviously, a bigger impact on um, the show because you you include that into the stay alive. And, and you know, Alexander Hamilton could say, why didn't you shoot then? Yeah, as compared to, you, you did exactly what I said. You know, I'm, I'm happy with what you did, all that. So, um, it, it, it really interesting and I think better incorporated historical inaccuracy. Another one that is very interesting goes with to the election of 1800. And the thing about this, about the election of 1800, there are two, there's really one part to this. Near the end of the song, they say that Jefferson won in a landslide. In all reality, it was, he, he won barely. And it's something to where it's just winning by such a wider margin in the show makes Burr a lot more PO to now trying to, to you know, co- let uh, convince Hamilton to say, let's do it now since you cost me from winning this election and since I lost by so much. So, um, that really doesn't make it kind of an interesting inaccuracy. And then to go along with it, it's, it wasn't even the election that this will go along with it. It wasn't even the election of 1800 that caused these two to duel. It was when Aaron Burr was actually running for governor of the state of New York and somehow these words that Hamilton spoke it got out into the public where he said, Bird's a dangerous man. And then he said, you know what? Let's go. Guns drawn. And so that's just one within itself. Um, and then the, yeah, and that's really it. And, you know, some, some of these also were like, um, Something about burnout being somebody's uh, Charles Lee's second. Um, there's others to where not meeting Lafayette, Lawrence, and Mulligan at the same time. But it's all, I mean, it's, again, it's a show to where you're going to incorporate different things to make the show really work. So you can't really hark too much on the inaccuracies when it's just a, essentially a, a show that you're putting on and not a true documentary. I mean, it is a documentary, but it's not like you're emitting something huge, right? And so that's kind of what goes along with it. Um, but besides those inaccuracies, there's a lot of really good stuff uh, about the show that I actually want to go into um, right now. All right. So, um, there, like I said, there's a lot of 
really good things about the show. And one of the first things I want to actually talk about with um, with this is actually from one of the songs, and uh, the first song in particular, in Alexander Hamilton. And if you, it, it, a lot of you probably won't realize it if you haven't, it, it, when you watch it or listen to it or whatever for the first time. In that song, there's near the end, there's these series of lines that you will realize have double meanings. And the first one of this is, we fought with him. And these are the guys that play Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, Marquis de Lafayette, and Hercules Mulligan. And obviously the double meaning here is, with Lafayette and Mulligan, in Act 1, we're fighting on Hamilton's side. And then you go to Act 2, and you have Jefferson and Madison, who are really fighting against him. And there's just, you see that double meaning, and it's like, ooh, I like that tie-in. And then you have the Me, I Died for Him lyric coming from um, the guy who plays Philip Hamilton and John Lawrence. And in Act 1, Lawrence does pass away, which had a huge impact on on Hamilton. Then, of course, his son dies in Act 2 from Blow Us All Away, um, essentially from Blow Us All Away. And again, that has another huge impact on him. The next one that comes up is me. I trusted him. Um, and this is actually not a double meaning. It's just Washington straight up saying that. And then you go to me. I loved him, which comes from the three women. Uh, and two of them play Eliza, Eliza Hamilton slash Skyler. And then Angelica Skyler, while the third one plays um, Peggy Skyler, who's a part of the Skyler sisters, but also Mariah Reynolds, who shows up and say no to this. So there's a double meaning within that third woman there because you have Peggy saying I love you know I love him like of yeah as like he's a part of the family then you have Mariah Reynolds where it's like hey I love him you know um and you know then right after you have Bert I'm the damn fool that shot him uh but that really doesn't have a double meaning but that's one of the really cool things about this show that really just makes it so freaking good um and so, the another thing that I liked um, about this show was there's a lot of uh, you know callbacks to previous songs. So you'll notice, you know, you hear my shot like when my shot comes up, you're like, okay, this is you know, okay, and then you go Yorktown, and then you know they it shows up. I'm not throwing away my shot, and then you go to not stop, and it shows up, and then you kind of you see that popping up and in it's there to put it in a musical kind of term i learned this from a music class this year it's hamilton's really leitmotif i think is what it's called and it's um it's a certain song playing when a character i in broadway is on stage or in in a movie when a character's on screen um look at look it up um and look up star wars leitmotifs because then that will give you kind of more of an understanding of what what it is but that's his and then you have the wait for it wait for it kind of showing up with when burrs up on stage you have that show up a couple times um which i think is really cool um helpless shows up a couple times in different songs but of course it's going to show up in satisfied because it was the previous song and there's throwing back to that scene um but that that's just another really cool way of that really kind of going on um, 
something else that probably some, some people didn't notice when they went and saw it or watched it the first time. Um, you had people within the ensemble cast that are playing two, two, two different people, right? You have the guy who plays Charles Lee and in, in uh, the Tendo Commandments, you'll see that Bert is his second. Flash forward to Act 2 and the world was wide enough, the guy who played Charles Lee is now playing William P. Van, Van Ness, who was Aaron Burr's number two. So you see that there's this nice little kind of dynamic there. Um, and also, I think a lot of people probably didn't notice this, but if you watch the first scene and they're, and they're talking about how Hamilton's dad left, you know, he, he obviously the, that ensemble member like storms off, but I think it's the same guy who eventually becomes the Skyler sister dad. Um, uh, the Schuyler sisters' dad, Philip Schuyler. So, um, it, a nice little cool way of tying things together is there, uh, right there as well. Um, and I think those are really the only two that kind of have that. There's nobody else that really has the uh, has that connection. Uh, besides, I would say maybe one other guy, George Eaker, and blows all away. I also think he is the one that's, that says in nonstop, who the F is this? Just from listening to the al- the original cast album, it sounds like the, they're the same guy. So I wouldn't be shocked if that is actually the case. But it's still a really cool way of connecting a lot of things. Um, and then there's one last thing that I really liked that a lot of people, um, like me, the first and second time, well, the first time watching it, didn't notice. Um, and now the second time after reading this, really noticed. So this thing came up on the internet not soon after it came out on July 3rd. And they said, well, if you notice, there's this woman in the ensemble cast. And she is the first one to pass in the show. You know, not including Hamilton's mom or cousin, right? The first actual person that shows up that dies. It comes right after you'll be back. Her neck is snapped by a red coat and dragged off. And so the the next appearance that this ensemble cast member makes is in either um, the one um, is in either. I don't think it's in right hand man. But let's see. Stay alive. It's one of those two, and she, uh, a red coat shoots one of the, uh, shoots the gun that they have, and she has essentially the bullet in her finger. She's playing the bullet in this, in this way, and she shows the path of the bullet, and the bullet goes right over Hamilton's head when he's sitting and like writing down or reading his book, and then. Flash forward, Battle of Yorktown. When the line that is said of we'll never be free until we end slavery by Lawrence and Hamilton. Notice Lawrence is either shaking hands or celebrating or dapping up this woman during that song right when that line is coming up. And then what happens is flash forward to Dear Theodosia right after Dear Theodosia. You have the scene of John Lawrence 
announcing uh, announcing the death of Lawrence. And then let's flash forward now into Act 2 and blow us all away. When Philip is talking to the two women, she is right there. So he's he's number one, he's flirting with her. Two, there's some sort of touch within there as well. And then next thing you know, and stay alive for prize, Philip Hamilton passes away. And then you have, and the world was wide enough, after after Burr shoots his pistol, you'll notice again she shows up. She has the bullet again, like in between her fingers, showing the path. And sometimes, I think at one point she's also lifted up and showing the path. And eventually she gets off the stage right before the wait, and then boom. You know, uh, Burr's loud wait, and then that's when Hamilton gets struck. But the whole thing is that throughout the whole show, she is actually kind of playing like a Grim Reaper, Lady Death kind of role. She's foreshadowing whoever she touches or talks to is going to um, pass away. And that is that makes this show so much more... Um, interesting in the just a little attention to detail with that makes it so much more um interesting to watch and to see those hints and that stuff going on but that's probably my favorite thing that they did in this show um but we're gonna have one more little segment here um and it's gonna get a little political so you are gonna get warned now um but Let's get into why I think this show is so important. Okay, so Hamilton. Um, if you've never seen it, um, in if you're never going to watch it, here's why it's so important. Number one, we all know that in reality, these founding fathers, Hamilton, Washington, uh, Jefferson and Madison were all cauc- Caucasian males. In this show, they're played b- by a diverse cast. Um, Aaron Burr played by an African-American male. Um, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton played by a Hispanic male. And then you got uh, Jefferson and Madison both being uh, played by African-American males as well. And then you have John Lawrence, uh, Hispanic male as well. And then you got Angelica Schuyler, Angelica Schuyler, Peggy Schuyler, and Mariah Reynolds, also African-American females. Um, Eliza, she seems to be Hispanic as well, but it's so diverse and kind of shows what America is like now. I think it's so important to realize that too. It shows that we are a melting pot and it's enjoying that, you know, and it, and Within that synopsis that I read, it said America then told by America now. And this is a way of doing it. And keep in mind, there are Caucasian males here, but they're not prominent. Charles Lee's featured in one song. And then you have uh, King George and Samuel Seabury. Those are the only three Caucasian males that you see in this whole thing that has at least a line. A singing line. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's just evident that they're showing that the Caucasian males in the, it, some of these are the 
now same with Seabree, not so much, but Charles Lee and King George, more so the bat is some of the um, second tier bad guys in this second third tier. Um, so it's really, you know, showing what we are now, and I think that's so important, and for people like that to see it because they can say, well, that they look exactly like me, and if you go and watch, you know, some. Hamilton stuff where fans react and you hear some of those reactions of hey they look just like me and you know that kind of really inspires me and so I think that's one reason why it's very important and you know it, it that's why it makes it so interesting at the time of the release date you know July 3rd and you know the Black Lives Matter um, protests were still still going on and they were still big and they still are but, um, you know, it's something to where a lot of people need to realize, hey, this is the telling of our history and what we were like back then. And, you know, in, in the show, they bring up slavery, um, not super often, but they do. You know, there are lines of, you know, we'll never be free till we end slavery. You know, it, there's another line from Lawrence and Hamilton um, where it's saying we write essays against slavery. And then, you know, Hamilton bashes Jefferson for uh, having slaves. And they even acknowledge, the. uh, I think there's a pretty well-known Jefferson slave by the name of Sally. Uh, They they name drop Sally. But um, it's just, it's something to where I think people should know that they're also pointing out the, um, you know, the, what was wrong back then. You know, that we had issues back then. Obviously, we still have issues now, but our nation's just a tad bit, you know, just a tad bit better. And there's always a need for change, you know, and that's something that in the show you can see Hamilton is striving for. Hey, and he's like, hey, we need to support this Constitution. We need to write this Constitution. Hey, we need to adapt to this. We need to adapt to that. And he's always so nonstop. He's working and working and making sure he gets his stuff done. And he's... It's just something that a lot of people need to notice. And another thing about this show that is so interesting as well um, with why it is important, it's also showing that, you know, besides the whole, you know, racial issues, there's the other issue of do we have a voice? Hamilton said, I don't care what you what y'all think, but I have a voice and this is what I'm going to be doing. And he does it anyway, you know, and I think this is another way of showing people, not just, you know, at my age in in their twenties or even in the thirties or fifties or whatever, however old you are, you still have a voice. You know, I think a lot of people need to realize that. And that's why, you know, and if you go and watch there, there is an extra on this, and they talk about this whole movement too, the Black Lives Matter movement, and why it's so big to Hamilton now. You know, um, you know, Lin Manuel even says this show hit different when Obama was in, um, you know, was in office as compared to Trump. You know, there's a different feel to it. But you know, they talk. Lin says, "I'm so happy when he, he says he's so happy when he sees these Hamilton lyrics." you know, out on the streets for these protests of history has its eyes on you or raise a glass to freedom, you know, something they can never take away or, you know, tomorrow there'll be more of us, right? 
and he says he's so proud of that because he knows that those words have an impact on people and are used and are being used for very um, good for a very good um, manner as well. You know, you know, fighting for freedom and saying this is what we need to do. And I think that's another reason why this is so important is there's a lot of kind of inspirational lines and people can use this in their life. But um, really kind of the big thing within the show is all about the, you know, race and showing that it's not just, you know, everybody is powerful. You know, everybody should have their own, you know, everybody's equal. There's not one person's better than, you know, another and I think that's why this show is so important. People need to watch it and realize that. Because you have, and keep in mind, Hamilton came from the Caribbean and made his way on up. He, he lived the American dream. And that's why and, and Lynn talks about that as well a little bit in that uh, special. And you just see you know, a lot of those things that um, the cast talks about in there. And it's just something that I think a lot of people te- need to take a note of. This show... As much as some people will say, hey, it's Broadway, I don't watch Broadway, screw it. This is history, and this is, may I say, this is not a moment, it's a movement. You know, taking the line from the show um, of a bunch of other stuff. And I think um, people need to open their eyes to watching this for not just the story of Hamilton, but for for what they kind of see in our nation now. So uh, that's just a little political spiel that I'm going to go on. But with that being said, I am done with this episode. Um, But hit me up with uh, what you guys want to hear me talk about. Um, And I will say directly right now, I will not talk. I'm not going to talk about anything going on with the Washington football team. I refuse to I refuse to speak on anything of that right now because there's just there's no need to talk about it, man. But besides that, anything else I'm willing to talk about at this point. Uh, so hit me up, Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Um, and I hope y'all have a great weekend.